You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. We are back with the Toxic Mold Podcast, and today is episode 195. We we still have the month of February, so we get to have my wife, Cassandra Vaughn Worsley, for what, two more episodes? Yes, this one and the next one. Okay. And so when are you going to come back after that? Oh, I don't know. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure our listeners are like, yeah, it's kind of nice. We don't have to listen to just Steve. So it's been, it's good to have you with your perspective. And, you know, as I've said before, you're very highly educated, but you're like a lot of people. You're not a mold expert. So you just, you're just married to one. But you don't you don't know all the ins and outs about mold. You know a lot more about mold than you'll tell people. But yeah, but I mean, I think it's 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 also interesting. It's like when you're running a business and you're trying to do other things, and you know, we've got a cabin to build and a house to build, and we have all these other things going on in life. Things get busy, so yeah. it's good that I can come visit the yeah. podcast. Yeah, and they get back to the other stuff that we have that take up a lot of our time. For those that have listened for long enough know that I'm not technologically inclined. You handed the reins over to me, it's been six, seven months ago. Yeah. And uh, luckily I've kind of learned, and I can follow directions too, So, but I've learned how to record these and post-produce it. And But for those of our listeners that don't know, this isn't just a, we record a podcast and hit a button and they get to listen to it. Yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot involved. Yeah, yeah, there's... There's the post-production and having to put the intro and outro and we're working on, we need to put like our digital products. We need to insert those in there. And, Correct. But, but yeah, it's a lot more than just hitting this button and then they get to hear us. It's, it's a little bit more work. So anyhow, right now I, 
I don't know where all of our listeners live, but it's pretty chilly across the United States. So today's topic is ice and black mold. And what I wanted to talk about is ice dams, frozen pipes, the freeze-thaw effect. Um, I know right now in, um, you know, most of our news we get comes out of Utah. And so we're, we have warm enough temperatures that a lot of people are dealing with flooded basements right now, in, especially in Utah. Wyoming, it's way too cold. We, yeah, way too cold. We stay frozen. In exactly. The but it's getting warm enough. That's why the freeze-thaw effect was something that I wanted to talk about today, too. But um, a lot of people are dealing with moisture intrusion right now, whereas typically in February it should be frozen, but it's not. Like I said, it's it, it's pretty chilly, but when it gets warmer, we have the three freeze-thaw effect. Do you know anything about that? You've told me about it, but we can do a refresher. Yeah, so it's... I'm not an engineer, I'm not an architect. It's just the my blue-collar version of it. But the thing I like to compare it to is, is water that you put in a gallon jug. So if you fill that gallon jug half full of water and you put it in the freezer, what happens to that? It'll expand. Yeah. And so when it expands... Depending on the area or whatever it's contained in, it'll burst or and it'll just... Crack, break, yeah. Exactly. And so it's the same concept with the soils around your home. And for our listeners, the soils, they they can vary from neighborhood to neighborhood. But, you know, geographically, state to state, some areas have a lot more limestone. Some have a lot more clays. It's just sands. It can be whatever. But... The freeze-thaw effect is what happens is, is, and the reason that they're having problems with people having moisture intrusion in their basements is the stuff's thawed out. And obviously, when the stuff thaws out, it shrinks back down. When it freezes, it expands. When it thaws, it shrinks back. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And so, when that happens, everything's shrinking and expanding, and that's how the concrete gets cracked, and that's how it causes defects in your home. For water to come in and so most people don't think about that when they think about mold but things like an ice dam which is up on your roof frozen pipes it's the same concept with your your pipes when that water freezes it expands and bursts the pipe if you have copper water lines which a lot of homes are going to PEX or plastics that plastic will expand whereas copper doesn't exactly. so it bursts and then you have water everywhere so that's what the freeze-thaw effect is. Any thoughts on that? So really, depending on how your geographic location is working, you could have lots of problems with pipes bursting. You could have lots of problems with moisture intrusion events, which then lead to mold. Yep. But then if it's really, really cold and your frozen pipes burst, would you really be able to detect a mold issue until it warmed up? Well, typically, obviously, what would happen is when, when when they burst, you have that moisture intrusion event. And for our listeners, going back to kind of mold 101, it takes 48 hours, that's it, uh, for mold spores to become viable and start reproducing. They colonize, they spread, they get larger. You would The mold, you per se, would detect for 48 hours. But on top of that, you'd have to get it dried out within 48 hours. Because if you don't, so let's just say it's in your basement and your carpets are all wet. You have water inside that wall cavity, which elevates the humidity. 
That's one thing I kind of left out. 60% humidity is what, what mold has to have to be viable. So 60% or higher, that's when it starts growing. That's when it's a concern. So initially, when those pipes burst, no, for the most part, you're not going to see mold. If, you know, if that's what your question is, as far as immediately, no. But if you get everything dried out, then you don't have any concerns with mold. But you've got to dry it out within 48 hours. Wow. If you think about it, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the urgency for mold mitigation. If you're the inspector and then the, the mold mitigation contractor, we, we talked about how the urgency is not really there as far as having to hurry and, you know, fear monger your clients and say, hey, you got to hurry and get this done. That urgency is not there for mold mitigation like it is if you have a pipe burst, like there's a sense of urgency, and you only have 48 hours. So two days is not not a whole lot of time. So in reality, prevention is the cure in this case. Yes. And, you know, going back to copper pipes or PEX pipes, you know, I talk about it in uh, one of my books, Black Mold Avoidance, Building a Mold-Resistant Home. I talk about building materials that you can use to prevent mold growth, and using PEX pipe versus copper is a lot better option and in it for the most part doesn't cost any more but the reason why pex is better is it's plastic so when it freezes just like a, a your water jug it'll expand and typically it won't burst depending on how much water's in there whereas copper it just bursts so few you, you know for our listeners if you're remodeling or if you're going to build a new home Putting PEX in versus copper is way better option, in my opinion. But so for the prevention part, exactly. PEX versus copper. Yep. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's not that much more, and it's kind of that's kind of the new thing. And I shouldn't say new. We've been doing PEX for years now, but it is something that's it makes a lot of sense to do, just because it can it can take a little bit more as far as expansion when it freezes. But speaking of expansion. You know, I mentioned earlier ice dams. Are you familiar with what an ice dam is? I've heard you mention it. And so for our listeners, what it is, is it's, and I, I obviously I post things on Facebook, but what happens is, is the, at the eaves of your roof, when you see icicles, everything starts to freeze. And so it's sitting there at the, at your eave and your soffits. Well, and what are eaves and soffits? So your eave is the end of your roof trusses. So... The eaves is where you're going to see, see, and this is why we have you on, because I don't think of those things, but your eaves is what your rain gutters are attached to. Okay. So at the end of your roof, you know, you have your peak up here, but your eave is here, which has... So it's at the edge of your roof where the... Fascia is. Okay. And, and, and then... The, and the fascia is the... The fascia is the actual board. Okay. And then you attach your gutters to the fascia. Ah, okay. So the fascia is what the gutters attach to. Exactly. Okay. And your soffit is... You have your peak of your roof, but your soffit is underneath, and so your 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 eaves overhang your walls. Okay. So that eave is usually two feet a foot, however the builder designs it. So you have that space between the actual wall of the house and then your fascia. That spot is what's called your soffits, and more or less, it's just it's that space. Typically, you vent them because you have your attic area that's up above that. But to go back to the ice dam, what happens is, is you have that, 
icicles so that it's all frozen. Sometimes, you know, like in a valley, all the snow builds up and inside in your attic area or in the wall, it's warmer. So you have that water that actually starts melting. Your ice dam is like a dam. The water wants to go somewhere. And what happens is, is it forces water back up into the soffit areas, which get into the attic area. Okay, wow. And so it can be, as you know, uh, mold mitigation in attics is not fun at all. It's, yeah. I'm not sure if I'd say it's worse than a crawl space, but it's just not fun at all. And as our listeners would know, it, it's it's expensive because really the the most effective way, I guess, and this is all a matter of opinion, when we do mold mitigation, we get rid of all the water damaged materials. That includes your insulation, your sheetrock. And so if this was an attic right above us, the best way to deal with it is to literally tear these ceilings down. And then above that is all that insulation. And it's it's a lot. As you can imagine, if you're just sitting in here thinking about exactly us having to remove all that, it's a lot of work. So an ice dam can be very costly to your pocketbooks and when there's a mold concern to your health so so how do you prevent ice dams the the best way to prevent um obviously is you don't want the dam to form in the first place which seems simple but if you if you think about and i just thought of this if you think about like i remember when i was a kid do you remember a bunch of icicles hanging from the eaves of, mm-hmm. of your home? You grew up in Connecticut. Yeah. So it's a little different than Utah or Wyoming. It's still cold. Still very cold, yeah. But, like I said, I just thought of this, but I remember as a kid, we saw icicles all the time, and you don't see, you know, you don't see that many these days. And that's just because of insulation and things we've done to buildings, to our homes, to prevent them. But... My whole point is, is that icicle is your first red flag that, hey, there's something going on. But to prevent them, you know, typically it would be lack of insulation in the attic. So you could add insulation. It could be a ventilation concern. And I know it sounds crazy to say that, but up in an attic, you have to have proper ventilation to keep that air moving. But then the the next uh, step you could take is uh, heat tape. Have you heard of that? Yes, but but it's what is heat tape? Heat tape's a it's like upside down W's or, or V's. Okay. And uh, it's the stuff people put on their eaves. Well, it's not typically the eaves, but the bottom part of your roof before it gets to the eave, they put heat tape up there. And heat tape typically, and I use the word typically because there's all different types and brands. But normally it has a, a built-in thermostat in it that's set for freezing. So at 32 degrees, it kicks on and it'll heat just enough for that snow and the ice to run off. And that's how you prevent that. Okay. Oh. And a, another concern could be, which we don't see, you know, in Wyoming or Utah, um, you typically don't see more of a flat roof. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. that you typically should have, and depend on where you are. So, like, you know, when we build a cabin up above the reservoir, that's a it's going to be really cold there because that's up in Idaho. 
we wouldn't put a flat roof on it. We want a nice metal roof that's a steeper slope, if that makes Correct. sense. So the snow just slides. Slides right off. off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, when you get, obviously, in the south, where it doesn't freeze like it does up here, you can go with flatter roofs. Um, but around here, you literally don't go any shallower than a 612 pitch, which is a normal pitched roof. Obviously, the higher the number, the steeper it gets. But... If you had buildup for some reason, you could, which is a little more extreme, you'd put a steeper roof on there so that all the snow has somewhere to go. Kind of brings me back to there shouldn't be any moisture on that roof in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah. But you're going to get snow buildup. It's just a fact of life. Correct. Which, and, is, which is why some people will hire people to go on their roof if there's lots of snow yep, and get it look. off there. Yep. And this winter... You know, we're, we've we've had a lot of snow this winter compared to the last few years. And that's why you get up there and shovel it for weight and for ice dam concerns. But yeah, and that's going back to the, the book I wrote, Building a, a Mold-Resistant Home. That's why I always say a metal roof's just, it's, it's a, I don't know how much more expensive. I would say it's probably 30 to 40% more than shingles, asphalt shingles. But the snow can slide off of it. Usually you don't get snow buildup. So, so yeah, that's how, that's how you would prevent that as far as up on a roof, which is pretty simple. Once again, that's why we have you on here because I think of everything as pretty simple. So, um, the, so the next thing that, that, that obviously is a concern is frozen pipes. And we kind of touched on that. Yeah, PEX versus copper. Yep. And it, you know, to prevent frozen pipes, you'll hear a lot of times, um, and I actually just saw it on the news a couple weeks ago, that they said a plumber says to leave your water trickling uh, to prevent frozen pipes, which is true, but if you have, and we've done podcasts about this, if you have a septic system, leaving your water trickling is not a good idea, period. Yeah. And... You know, I hear people say, well, you can open your cupboards, the, the, the drawers or doors, you know, underneath your sink to help get warm air in there. If, you're, if your pipes are vulnerable and they're going to freeze, opening the doors below your sink, I wouldn't think would really help much. I'm not saying it doesn't do anything, but you probably have a bigger problem than just opening the doors. But, it, you know, when we get, we hit... We always hit this in, in Wyoming and Utah. We hit, hopefully we're past it, but we hit about a two-week snap where it's really, really cold. I think there's a place, um, I think it was Peter Sinks that I was telling you about. Remember I was telling you about that a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah. It was like negative 59 degrees That's or 60, negative 62. When you get that cold, it's kind of hard to, to prevent anything. But going back to the prevention side of it, when you build your home, or even if it is built, if you have, let's say, a kitchen that the sink is on an outside wall, you want to make sure there's no holes on the siding on the outside or any way for air, cold air to, to draft in there to freeze those pipes. Also, you can insulate the pipes. You can put heat tape on the pipes. So there's, there's steps you can take to prevent all that. So essentially, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Exactly. Yep, then it's, you know, a lot of, like, what we try to do with CNC Contractor Services is not, we're not only 
you know, mold inspectors, mold testers, mold mitigators. We do this podcast. We've, you know, I've wrote the books, created courses. We're trying to educate people. And if we can prevent it in the first place, it's, that's the best way to go. Absolutely. Any thoughts before we wrap up this episode on, on the freeze, thaw effect, ice dams, frozen pipes? In order to prevent anything, you have to know what you're dealing with. And I think that's where your books and your your VPAs and your consultations, but also the digital bundles come into play. Because if you don't know what you're dealing with, how do you know the prevention you're supposed to apply to it? Exactly. Education is the key. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, the books are, they're in audible format, ebook, paperback. There was a, Oh, some are hardback. Hardback. That's why I was, I, I, for some reason, I was like, there's one more, but our, the most recent book we did on the hardback. Yep. So just to kind of try it out, I guess. Is that why we did that? Yeah, just to give another option. Yeah. I mean, the point is you have access through CNC to education about mold, and you want to make sure that before you actually need the education, you've already done it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you, we, we talked about it earlier, um, you know, we're, we're tr- I'm trying to focus on a few other things right now, but we're hopefully in the next month or so, we're going to have the YouTube um, channel up and going. So that'll be another educational avenue that, that our, our listeners can take. But they have we have opt-ins. Um, you can probably explain it a little better than I can, but it's just a bi-weekly email that I, it's an informational email I type up every every other week. They get one. Once in a while, I might throw in a, you know, our new books out or there's a free Audible or whatnot. But you explain to our listeners how they can sign up. So you can go to cnccontractorservices.com and then you can sign up for the mold investigation checklist. And so you give us your name and email address and you get to download a free checklist, which anytime you have frozen pipes or you're concerned about a moisture intrusion event, having a checklist that you can say, okay, is this present? Is that present? Is this, did I check this? That's a great go-to for just investigating what you think might lead to a mold issue. Yes. Yep. And there, the other uh, opt-in is through one of the books or something. Yeah, the mold fact sheet. Okay. But definitely be sure you grab the mold investigation checklist. And whether you sign up for that or the mold fact sheet, you'll now be on the email list and you'll get all the emails. Perfect. So yeah, for all our listeners, go, go sign up for that and I don't blow up your email. It's just an informational email every other week. So uh, this was episode 195. Thanks for being here. We get you for one more week, don't we? One more episode. Perfect. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.